Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rodeo Time, the podcast. It's a very special weekend. May 6th is the date. It's Friday, and this is BOGO. Buy one, get one. It's a it's a BOGO weekend. You buy a cap, you get a cap. You buy a t-shirt, you get a t-shirt. You buy a hoodie, you get a t-shirt. All on dalebrisby.com. Um, it's, it's a limited time offer. We sometimes do it in the spring. We most all the time do it on Black Friday weekend, but essentially... Uh, you, you, if you want three caps like these three on my desk here, just ranching rodeo time. These are some of the newer ones that are fly. Um, they're fresh as some of the kids might say gas. Um, if you want those three caps, buy them online and then we will add three additional caps that we will choose. So you won't know what they are until you get them. Uh, they're cool caps. They're what I think are cool caps. We don't give away trash. Um, but but that's how the BOGO works. Same thing with T-shirts. When you buy a hoodie, you'll get a free T-shirt. So um, it's it's kind of it's kind of different, but uh, it but they're free. So take advantage. Or if you'd not like to, then you don't have to. Thank you for watching. Regardless, we are going to get into my pet peeves today. It's a question I was recently asked on a podcast, and I wasn't necessarily prepared for it, but I knew I had a lot. So 2030 that I can think of after giving some time. I've been given some time, and now I'm going to give you my pet peeves. So some of these are you might share as a pet peeve. Some of these might be something you're doing. So I think you could benefit from this. <gasps> Excuse me. Um, if you say that one of your pet peeves is poor podcast audio, then um, I've already ridden my bull today, and I'm looking for a fool to punch. So watch it, buddy. Yes, sometimes our audio is not the greatest, but we're getting better. I got this fancy board here. We've got these sound effects that we can add. <laughs> that, yeah, thank you. We're going to go over Dale Brisby's pet peeves, and then at the end, I get a little emotional gangster, and we talk about a little bit of the things that I've been uh, kind of researching in my Bible study and kind of going over uh, just, just really getting into that inner Dale. You find out a lot about Dale in this one because it's a standalone podcast. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching Rodeo Time, the podcast. Now we are on to the next one. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Oh, let that beautiful bean footage roll. Roll that beautiful bean footage. There it is. I'm not sure which intern. I think it was Donnie found this intro music. Um, I love it. I love it. It really captures the mood that I'm in right now and most of the time. So here we are, the Rodeo Time podcast. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. You've got your man here, Dale Brisby, and I'm here by myself. I'm kind of a lone ranger. This is a standalone. I don't know what this would be called, but it's eerily similar to stand-up comedy. Actually, the only similarity is you got to talk to yourself. Stand-up comedy, which might be the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of. I'll ride a bull, I'll punch a fool, but stand-up comedy right now. You get that immediate feedback of how you're doing, and that's a whole nother level. This podcast, I do still have to be funny. I do still have to talk to myself, but I don't get to listen if you walk out the door. You know, So not that I need... My ego stroked. Not that I, you know, get self-conscious or insecure because I don't ever because I'm Dale Brisby. I'm the greatest of all time. But what would I even talk about in stand-up? The only thing I can think of is ex-girlfriends and hemorrhoids. Those are the only two stories really that come to mind. And I don't know how good of a routine that would make. Maybe we need to find out one day. For now, I'm going to stick to these standalone podcasts where I'm going to talk to you guys about my pet peeves. Okay? Because I got a lot of them. And it's just something that was on my mind as I was driving to the Dale Warehouse this morning. It's not a plug. That's a real-life thing. I was on my way here, and I realized I have some pet peeves. Yeah, and, and it reminded me because yesterday, it might have been the day before yesterday, we were on our way back from Oklahoma City. Uh, we have a mullet contest up there in Tulsa and uh, at, the, at the Oklahoma FFA State Convention every year. We go set up a booth, but really we're there for the mullet contest. You are in the minority if you don't have a mullet in Oklahoma, come to find out. So there's that. We're on our way home from Tulsa. Tornadoes come in. We had to stop in Oklahoma City. Safety first, rule number seven. And call a hotel on hold for a little bit 
eight, nine minutes. Um, they we finally get on the phone with him. V- pleasant individual. He was he was very he was a gentleman, but it's like, hey, do you guys have any vacancies? It's like, well, let me take your information. Takes it down. Um, how many people? How many um, adults? Do you have any pets? Goes through the deal. Okay, let me check the system. Checks, checks, checks. Uh, 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 no, actually, we don't have any doubles. Oh, okay. Well, do you have any kings? No, I'm sorry, we don't have any kings either. We're completely sold out. We've been on the phone for 13 minutes, and you're completely sold out? That should be the first thing you know and say on the phone. Hey, good afternoon. This is Hyatt Regency um, Hilton. Uh, we are completely sold out, but is there anything else I can do for you? That should be how you answer the phone if you're a receptionist at a hotel. What else are you doing besides booking vacancies? So I don't. That's that's my number one. That's my number one. There's going to be some others that that really compete for number one, but um, you guys, next time you go to a hotel, you should know as a receptionist at a hotel, you should know that figure like at a, at a at a nightmare speed. I shouldn't even get to finish the sentence and you're like, "Nope, no vacancies." Or, "Yes, sir, actually we do. Three doubles, two kings and a suite." Wow, I better book them quick. And plus this man knows his stuff. That's a pet peeve of mine. And if it's not a pet peeve of yours, then it should be. Um <clears throat> people that answer the phone when it's an unknown number with an attitude. You know, I'll call somebody. "Hello, uh yeah, this 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 Dale. Oh, what's up, Dale? What who did you think it was? Like I'm not calling to fight you. Do people call to fight you? And if that answer is yes, then I understand. If you've only ever had one person in your lifetime call you to fight you, that's that's not a valid enough reason to to then answer all the unknown numbers up to that point like they want to kick your dog. You know what I'm saying? Like answer the, it's probably, they have your number. It's probably someone you know, at least an acquaintance, maybe a friend, maybe a friend that got a new number. Hey, what's up? Oh, I didn't even realize who this was. What's up, Dale? That's how you should answer the phone if you don't, if you don't know the number, right? That's how I would. I think it's how I would. I hope that's how I would. That's how I would, definitely. If you've had someone call and try to fight you, one time in the last month. I mean, do you have them daily? Do you have them weekly? Because there's a certain number that allows you to answer the phone like that, regardless. Answer the phone like you're excited. Katie Kaufman. That's another pet peeve of mine. Katie Kaufman. They still made me the godfather of their their child. She's my ex-girlfriend, for those of you that don't know. Um, Elliot Blair, her husband, one of my good good friends. Uh, yeah, I'm the godfather of their 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 new son, Cal. Beautiful baby, and couldn't be more excited to be the godfather. Um, so excited that I'm the godfather and not the father. But um, that's just because I'd have to deal with Katie. Anyhow, Elliot, you're great. Katie, I, I'm thinking about lifting that restraining order. It's making it difficult for me to see Cal more often. Slowing down in the acceleration lane. Anybody here got a driver's license? If you're 16 or older, this one's for you. When you are pulling onto a highway, there's a lane there. It's like you're on the feeder. You're maybe in the city. You're on a feeder, and you're just driving, and then there's this on-ramp. Some people call it an on-ramp. You know what it's technically called? An acceleration lane. You know what it's not called? A slow down and see where I fit in lane, okay? Because I'm going. I'm doing me. I might have a truck and trailer. may have a, a truckload of horses. might have a truck on my left. I don't need to slow down because you slowed down. That is, you accelerate to my speed, and then you merge on. That's how that works. (laughs) I remember that from driving school. I knew it prior to because my old man told me, but then 15 years old, driver's ed, they tell me that. I was like, okay, that's a good reminder. But for some reason, like most of the country just doesn't see it as that. They see it as this lane where they can like slow down and look over their shoulder. Hey, anybody want to let me in? No, no, sorry, speed up. You're going 50. Why would I let you in going 50? Speed limit is 75. I got to slow down to 45 to let you in? Not going to happen. Then all of a sudden they 
have to drive on the shoulder, and now they're mad at me. Use your plus. You're you're driving an Audi. You're driving a freaking Mustang. Anyways, that's what is that number four? I, that that's gonna argue for number one for Dale Brisby's pet peeves. That's what you're here for. You're here to find out more about Dale Brisby, okay? Because um, that's a common question asked. Dale, what's your pet peeve? <sighs> that's one of them. Those are those are some of the uh, people. This one's a little more serious. People that treat well. I'll save that one for later. Dog filter on Snapchat. The dog filter, girls. I mean, if you're, it's, it's just unnecessary. It is simply unnecessary. You want to use a filter? That's one thing. Like you want to put a little sepia. You want to put a little, uh, uh, what's it called, New York on. Instagram, whatever you want, that's fine. I get it. You want to change the shadows, but you put a dog filter. It's not even. It's not funny. It's not interesting. Doesn't make you look cuter. It just literally hides your face. It's like you show up wearing a mask. I'm not even talking about a bunch of makeup. I'm talking like a literal mask. So unless you're that kind of person that would do that as a joke, stop using the dog filter. And there's still still there's still some of y'all out there using it, and it needs to stop. It's got to stop. This is, this is a PSA for the dog filter. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, another thing about Snapchat. When you, if you've got your drink here and you like toast the camera, not only am I going to unfollow you and unfriend you, I might block you. I might block you. That's going to rival number one. Do not crack your, crack a cold one. That's fine. You want to crack a cold one? That's fine. You want to crack a cold one on Snapchat? That's fine, all right? That doesn't mean someone's drinking with you. You're drinking alone. Just because you Snapchat it, that don't mean you ain't drinking alone. So we still need to check in on you. Hey, everything okay? You all right? Because that's not me. Shower beer, that might be a little different. But I personally don't drink. Not ever had a shower beer. Didn't know it was a thing till I made my Snapchat live and started getting a lot of people, a lot of people drink beer in the shower. And, um... Apparently, I've been sleeping on it. I've been sleeping on beer in general because I don't drink, like I said. But but if you are going to crack a beer, whether it's your party, you're by yourself, or you're in the shower, please do not tap that beer to the lens of the camera. Number one, they're expensive cameras. Number two, I don't have one, and now I've got this. I've got this four-inch screen in my face, and there's this thing hitting it going. Boom. It's not cool. It's not funny. It doesn't make me think you're cool or funny. Speaking of Snapchat, I'm going to hang here for a moment. Streaks. Streaks are, some of you may not know because it's so ridiculous. Essentially, like a Snapchat will count the days that you have Snapchatted someone every day. So if you are, if you're a if you got a best friend and you've Snapchatted them every day for 28 days, they put a 28 next to it. Ah, it's just kind of a fun fact. Interesting. If it drops off, that's fine. But well, some 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 of these kids out there, they got a streak going for like two years, which more power to you. You got a best friend, that's fine. But if you are taking a picture of your foot and crudely drawing an S on there, that's just that's not a streak, brother. That's that's not a streak to me. Or if it is, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. That's why I had to make my Snapchat not public because of that thing. And, and when I say public, people can view it, but not everybody can send me one. I would get hundreds of snaps a day of kids taking pictures of the wall, taking pictures of their feet with a crudely drawn S on it. And um, it's one of my pet peeves. It's not number one, but it's up there. So, and I want to back up and clarify, shower beers are not a pet peeve of mine. That was just something I was surprised by. You understand? You want to drink a beer in the shower? By all means. Especially, and hopefully, you're over 21. Let's keep it legal here. Rule number 11. But it was just a surprise. Something I didn't see coming. Um, pictures of your food. If we're talking about Snapchat. Man. Man. There's uh, there's maybe only a few things in your day that are so interesting that I really need to see it on Snapchat. What you had for dinner. Not one of them. It's not. It's not. I mean, unless you cooked like something like, I can't even think. I can't even think. Um, yeah, it could be 
Thanksgiving, being summoned like this most often happens in the booth or, or when I'm like doing an appearance or whatever. I don't, I don't mind. Like if I know you, if you're a super hot chick, if you're someone of authority like General Mad Dog Mattis, you know, the, the Marine general who's like bad to the bone, maybe you're the president um, and you, you want to like give me the, the two finger summon, meaning like, Hey, just over here. I just, if I don't know you, I just don't, that's weird, man. I'm meet me halfway. What about that? You know what I'm saying? I'm not your jester. Hey, you clown over here. My kid watches your videos. Why don't you come tell him a joke? Jokester. No, eh, why don't you meet me halfway with your kid, buddy? Maybe is is that prideful? That maybe that's prideful. I don't think that's prideful. Being summoned. Get someone, tell someone, hey, unexpectedly, over the next month, summon me and I want to see how I feel. And like they make no attempt to meet you halfway. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not number one. It's on the list. It's way down there, but it's on the list. <sighs> Booth appearances. It's not a bad pet peeve. This it's just kind of funny. It's it's more this one's more funny, but like when somebody takes a picture with you and they go to talk to you while you're in the picture. So like their arm is around you and they go to talk to you. And I swear your noses are touching. I lean into it. I think it's hilarious. So it's, it's not a pet peeve. It's just something that's interesting and fun for me because people will like put your arm around it. We're taking the picture. We're waiting on that person. Inevitably, that's the time when someone forgets how to operate their phone. So now you, you find yourself hugging another grown man for moment, you know, seconds feel like years in that moment, like 45 seconds. That's an eternity when you're hugging a man, when a man's hugging a man. So anyways, you're hugging a man. They decide to try to break the awkwardness with a conversation. They turn and your noses touch and you're having a conversation. Well, I'll lean into it. And, uh, that's a fun moment in the booth. Sometimes a kid came up to me and was like, He's like, uh, hey, if I can, what if I can outrope you for a free cap? No. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> what do I have to win from that? Okay, if I win, you have to buy 10 caps. No, I don't have any money. <laughs> you win twice. If you win, you get to outrope. You outroped me, and then you got a free cap. I lost twice. Make it more interesting at least. I'll streak through here if you win. You know, something like that. Make it entertaining at least. What else? The, yeah, another kid who's like, push-up contest. If you can beat me, if I can beat you, I get a free. So now I got to do push-ups. Even if I win, I lose. Turns out the kid can do 150 push-ups in a row. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't take that one. As if I would have. Make things interesting. You want to do a contest for a free cap? Hey, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. But let's be creative. One word comments on social media. Like when some, for some reason, people don't want to spell out, hey, I'll be praying for you and your grandma. When someone might post, hey, my grandmother, she's sick. Um, I'd appreciate some prayers. Some people, for some reason, people just like to comment prayers. That, that works in no other world. There's an episode on The Office where Kevin tries this, and it doesn't work. They debunk it in the first minute because you could be saying anything. Like, for instance, when I walk up to uh, Whataburger, I'm not going to go up to the counter and just say, burger. Guys, me up. yep, we got them. Is, is that you wanting to order one? Even the most rude individual would say, hey, uh, could I get a cheeseburger, no onions, obviously no mustard, and uh, fries and a sweet tea. Yep. Okay, thanks. Even the most rude of individuals is probably going to say thanks after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not going to walk up and say, burger. Unless they don't know English. Which, that's your only, that's your only excuse. If you want to comment, prayers. Prayers. No, no, no. Hey, let's, let's follow through with that sentence. Where are we as a society that we can't at least complete a, complete a sentence? Is suspect that hard to say? Willie Wardle? Do you have to just say, man, that's sus. Sus. 
I would say sus. There's a lot of slang words that I don't mind. Cap, no cap, you know, stuff like that. Uh, steezy. You know, I can get behind some of these words, you know, if people want to say them and use them. But fire, gas, trash. But sus? I don't know about sus. No caption needed while we're on social media. You put no caption needed. Um, that's a caption. Put it on a meme. Now you've got two captions. What about this? Just don't put one. If it doesn't need one, don't put one. That that one that one irritates me. That's going to rival number one. There's a lot of cliche things on social media that like if it's if it's done like four times, I don't want to do it. I don't want to say it. Monday hit me like. If I use Monday hit me like on a Monday, it's because I'm making fun of the Monday hit me like trend. Y'all remember that? It's like eight months ago, maybe a year ago. Every single Monday, everybody, Monday hit me like dot, dot, dot. And then some sort of, not going to do it. Nope, can't, won't, short. Screenshotting pictures from a photographer's website. This is a this is more rodeo specific. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, that was a good ride. Good enough to get a cool picture. Mm, not good enough for you to win a check where you can buy the picture legally, though. Apparently, big old watermark right in the middle. I'm sure the photographers don't like it either. Yeah, gender reveals. Man, just tell me, just tell me, or. Or, like, if you want to have a party, that's fine. But, like, let's reveal it just on a piece of paper and read it. Like, the big extravagant, like, I don't know. Can't get behind them. Won't do it. Can't do it. Shouldn't do it. Short. Short. That's a Michael Scott. That's a that's a movie reference. What else? What else is a pet peeve of Dale Brisby's? People, we were talking about people in the booth. I would say <clears throat> people randomly will come up to me. Usually it's after they see someone taking a picture with me. And they'll say, uh, I don't know who you are. Just kind of look around like, I don't know who you are either. Why did you tell me that? <laughs> I, I assume it's because... Now, sometimes people will come up, they're intrigued. Why? And this is only, there's only like three or four people in the world that don't know who I am anyway, but sometimes people come up and they'll see three, four, five people taking a picture with me, so they're genuinely um, just curious. And they might start it off with, hey, I don't know who you are. I don't mind that. That does not bother me. It does not bother me when someone literally doesn't know who I am. That's fine. We have a quick little exchange. I shake their hand, tell them my name. They tell me theirs. Where are you from? I tell them where I'm from. What do you do for work? If they're hot, are you single? So that that's just a general exchange right there. But um, what frustrates me, where the pet peeve comes in, is when they attach this attitude to it like I expect them to know and will be frustrated if they don't. Because I'm not, and I won't be. I'm not frustrated if you don't know who I am. And I'm not going to be mad about it either. So... You can just walk up like a normal human being. Hey, don't know who you are. Of course, if you're listening to this, you do know who I am. So, <sighs> anyhow, that's a it's it's random. It's frustrating that you not that you expect me to be frustrated, but almost like you want me to be frustrated. That's what's frustrating. Okay, just walk up, introduce yourself, because I'm assuming there's more people on this earth that you don't know who they are, and if you address them all like that. I, I feel like I'm not going to be the only one that's surprised. Maybe I am. Maybe I won't be. Uh, when somebody says literally, when it's not literal, the example I've used before, I'm so hungry, I could literally eat a horse and chase the rider. No, you couldn't. Okay? That's a lot of meat. It would be physically impossible for you to literally eat a horse. So just... Leave out literally. Just say, I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse and chase the rider. Now it's funny. Now it's funny. Okay, that's it. 
because it's wild that you would eat the horse crazy that you would then be still hungry enough to chase the rider and have energy but when you attach literally to it it, it kind of takes the joke away and it's just it's just frustrating to me it's a pet peeve all right and you might find it funny that that's a pet peeve of mine but it is so deal with it please flat earthers but i feel like that's anybody you know that's just weird you're just trying to be defiant the earth's not flat it's not flat okay there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that just have weird theories like certain like the the government controls the weather and certain catastrophes didn't happen you know yeah if you want to believe that by all means but if you want to become an activist behind it all right buddy easy easy be an activist behind chick-fil-a right that's something i can get behind Uh, two doors at a business i'm not finished you can have two front doors at a business i mean like side by side but if one of them is locked good heavens i want to kick the glass in unlock both why do you have two doors if you're going to leave one locked all the time the winnebago post office is the worst because it's the now i'm confused the right door is the one that's unlocked, but the left door, which is always locked, has the pull sign on it, you know, because you, you pull the door rather than push it. It's like some sick joke that they get me with every morning when I go check my P.O. box because we live out in the country because I'm a country boy. That's the other thing. Country. Like, um, it's not a pet peeve of mine for you to be country. I'm not even going to go there. 100k on tiktok somebody they got like maybe seven eight nine thousand followers on instagram which is great 100 percent. but then in their bio it might say 100k on tiktok as if to say like hey i know you guys don't think i'm important here on instagram but on this other platform i am very important okay okay i'm on instagram this is where i'm following you if I want to follow you on TikTok, I would go look at that. Just put your TikTok. This is also my TikTok. You don't have to like validate how important you are over there. I actually have 244 million on in my bio. I said 244 million on TikTok. <laughs> uh, I think it's hilarious, but you may not. I think maybe their heart's in the right place, but maybe it's not. I mean... Are we not important enough for you here? The 9,000 followers you have on Instagram. Can we not just celebrate those 9,000? No. No. I want to get it to 100K. Then I'm going to buy some balloons. Because 99,000, 99,999, that's not enough. It's that last one. 100K. That's when I'm going to go buy the balloons. I want somebody to buy balloons for like 3,300 followers. 3,319. Let's get the balloons. 3319K. Please, somebody. Influencer life. Influencer life got me like. That was another caption. Pet peeve of mine. Horses on uh rodeo wrecks. That was that was, that's some of the horses that, you know, like barrel horse or something. You know, like buck in the middle of a pattern. There's not like an interesting reason. They're just really frustrating to me. I guess I guess probably the frustrating part, which w- would be the people that like, okay, yeah, maybe it is pilot error, but some of these horses, some of these horses are broke, should be, and then they just come on, and then everything's always about, it's never the horse's fault is what I'm getting at, and that leads me to the one that was serious that I was trying to say earlier. People that treat, animals better than they treat humans huge pet peeve of mine this one yeah that that bothers me to no end i want to say there was a comedian cole we were watching netflix the other day after we watched how to be a cowboy plug he pulled up i can't remember tom segura maybe or something anyway i don't know whatever i just watched like a snippet of it was actually just the uh the trailer for it so i don't know what the rest of it sounds like but he was talking about 
the difference in his dog and his kids. And I could not agree more. Like if you choose, if you, people are like, they'll do interviews on the street. All right, the president or your dog, which one would you off? And they would say the president. I'm like, dude, you would have to be, all right, Osama bin Laden, I get it. He needed to go anyway. But if you've got like, just because you disagree with somebody, if you even jokingly choose your dog over that person, that's a pet peeve of mine. I love Boone. You make me choose between this other human life. Sorry, Boone. You got to go. This human life. This is a human life. This is a human life. It's kind of like saying literally. I know you were joking, but but it's a pet peeve of mine. So, yeah, people that treat humans, uh, animals, better than they treat humans. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. I do love dogs. I love horses. I, I love all animals, and I don't think they need to be mistreated. But, um, yeah, human life is precious. And that's a thing up for debate, apparently, right now in our society. That is one thing I'll talk about is um, human life is precious. All human life is precious. Love it because it's a gift from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, anyhow, those are some Dale Brisby pet peeves. I've had some people kind of push back on a few. For instance, um, how many cows you have or how many acres you have. Like, that's a thing, all right? You're not supposed to ask that. I've been dating this girl for 10 months now, and I still don't know how many cows or acres her and her husband have, all right? I just don't ask because it's rude. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Adultery. That's another pet peeve. Um, not even if it's, you know, even if it's just boyfriend, girlfriend, don't cheat. Okay. That's a pet peeve. But for real, like there's, there's ranches and places where I've day worked for years, years, decade, good friends, best friends that I've got that have cows, they have acreage. And I don't know how many, it could be, it could be, it could be 20 acres and everything we're ranching on is a lease place. I don't know that unless they tell me because I don't ask because it's rude. How much money do you have in your bank account? How much do you weigh? How old are you? Those are three questions that as a rule of thumb, society, you may not personally think those three questions are rude, but as a society, it's generally accepted that you don't ask someone how, somebody how much they weigh or how, how old they are. Some people may not find it offensive, but you don't just ask a stranger that because we can all agree that like there's going to be a large percentage of the population that think one of those three questions is rude. Maybe they're huge. Maybe they're broke. Maybe they're old and um, they don't want to be asked that. That's the same thing. So there's probably some ranchers out there that aren't offended if you ask how many cows or acres they have, but it fits in that category of things that like you shouldn't ask because they might think it is offensive. I do think it is offensive. And to be honest, what it really does is it shows me just kind of like where your experience is. To be honest, I'll, 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 I kind of feel sorry for the person when they ask. Not sorry for them, but it's like I would never tell someone they ain't no cowboy. But if I did in that moment, it would be if you asked me that or if you couldn't tie a square knot. So I would never say it, would never tell you you ain't no cowboy. If I did tell someone that, they would need to not tie a square knot. If they, For instance, I'm like, hey, the chain's kind of weak. Let's throw a, a pig and string on that gate. And you tie a granny knot rather than a square knot, I'm gonna, I might think it. I'm not going to say it. I might think it. If you then turn around and walk up and ask me, hey, how many cows do you have anyway? <sighs> That's how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give a big sigh, give a big huff, huff and a puff. And I'm going to be like, old son, you might not be no cowboy. I'm going to think that. I'm not going to say it again because I would never say that. But when I made that first video, I was actually doing uh, the You Ain't No Cowboy video. It's funny because I was actually doing a uh, uh, tour of my first gen. And it was going to be, Randy and I were filming, and it was going to be just a, a walk around. Because I talked about the truck a lot, but I had never really done a tour of it. And so I started in the front seat, talked about the truck, went to the headache rack right behind the front seat, and had two picking strings. And I said, uh, hey, uh you ain't got picking strings on your headache rack you ain't no cowboy and immediately while the camera was on i was like yep 
got to make a rules video on how you ain't no cowboy. It was something I'd said before, but I had not make a video about it. So I then decided to um, make those rules. And uh, the thing about it is I would never actually tell someone. I might think it, but I'm not going to tell somebody, you ain't no cowboy. Well, having made that video and now many more since then that defines what a cowboy is and defines what a cowboy is not by way of telling them you ain't no cowboy, it makes a lot of people think that I would say that in real life, which is my fault. I get it. So, in so facto, a lot of people come up to me at the booth to tell me I ain't no cowboy. Secretly, it kind of hurts my feelings. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> but I just have to laugh and do a soft cry nod and uh, say, you're probably right. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I uh, it is funny because I would never tell somebody that, but I'm like the king of you ain't no cowboy now. And... Um, while I am the expert on all things cowboy and ranching, I understand. I'm not saying I shouldn't be wearing the crown. I'm just saying it's a little ironic that secretly and deep down it kind of hurts my feelings when people tell me that. Not really. I'm over. I got thick skin now. I've been in this game a long time, so you gotta. I gotta have thick skin. I gotta not care what people think about you, me. You know, especially like if I get haters on social media. That's another pet peeve. It's like on. Because on YouTube, it'll show you all the comments they've commented. And so it's interesting to me, like, I'll go to that account. They they might have been following or subscribed for years because we've been making videos for a long time. They might have been following and watching Dale Brisby videos for free, I might add, for years. Never commented until they see this one thing on a halter or a saddle in a video nine minutes in and decide to like leave this hateful comment. It's crazy to me. If you think about it, like of all the value that person's been given, they, they finally decided to voice their opinion when they see something negative. So most of the time I don't respond. I used to block people. I used to take people to the block party cause I thought I was doing them a favor. Well, if you hate Dale Brisby, might as well just get you, you know, Hey, all right sayonara let me do you a favor now you won't see my stuff anymore block party but i don't know i don't i don't do that as much anymore if they're like hateful or they uh like cuss or slanders if they make fun of my interns that's easy i'll block the crap out of them because while my skin has gotten thick their interns my intern skin it's it's not gotten quite as thick and so sometimes i feel bad and protective you know protective of the herd so yeah, maybe that's a little bit of herd instinct. Call it what it is. Call it what what you will. But that's just where I'm at with the with the block button, block party. <sighs> I just love making people laugh. I love making videos. That's another thing. People be like, walk up, and they're like, uh, um, what you gonna do if all this ends? What you what are you talking about? Well, what you gonna do? I mean, like, if all like, well, I mean. What you gonna do? And the the first person where it really hit me, this guy was an ag teacher, because it was at one of the conventions. He literally asked the wording, "What you gonna do if all this ends?" And I said, "What are you gonna do if all your stuff ends? What are you gonna do if you?" I mean, my old man was an ag teacher. He never got fired, but like, you you got like four bosses. You got the president, the president, the principal. You got the superintendent. There's a school board. There's like literally nine people who have your job in their hands. And they could just like, eh. Or they could cut the program. It might not even be your fault. You could do everything right and still lose. It was beyond me. It's like, if anything, my my job might be safer. Now, I'm not saying every life is fragile. That's one thing we've all learned with 2020 and 2021. So I'm not saying I'm foolproof by any means. But I don't understand why I'm like this exception to the rule by your standards, man. Like, now, if I stop bringing value and people don't find me interesting and not funny, I think there's a gradual decline and all of a sudden, Dale Brisby gets another job. What they don't know is prior to this being my job is that I had a pretty good time doctoring yearlings and day working for Chet, who was, he was my previous boss, the last, the last boss I had, greatest boss of all time that I've ever had. And, um. Uh, that's the happiest I've been. I mean, I'm, I'm super happy now. I'm just saying, like, if I had to, if there was a time that I had to rival for, I was making 
not very much an hour. I only had a truck and a trailer and two horses. One of them was Boone and um, Boone and Ball. Ball has since deceased. My only possessions, no house, no nothing. Um, I didn't have debt, thankfully, um, but I was, but yeah, I just had a truck and a trailer and they were not nice truck. It was a not nice truck and a trailer. And I was, I was living in my sister's office and I was happy as a lark. I was even paying rent. I was working for her and Chet, Chet's my brother-in-law, working for them. And I lived in, in their office and a little apartment above the office. And it was nice. Um, and then paying rent, which I was glad to do. Like that's whatever. But I'm just saying like, it's not like. Yeah, so at that point, I'm not on the bottom. There's people that had it much rougher than I did. I'm not complaining. But I also was not on the top. That's when I was, like, happy, happy, happy. And I'm not going to say I'm on the top now either. I definitely have more than what we had growing up. And when we were growing up, we weren't on the bottom. Again, don't take this as complaining, which I know that's what this whole podcast sounds like. But essentially, we've, I mean, pet peeves are funny. You know, especially these are some of these are interesting if you think about it. I mean, really, you're working at a hotel, especially the night shift. You don't know if your hotel has any vacancies. That is your sole job. You don't even clean. They got separate people to clean. You're not security. You're not. All you do is my key doesn't work and I need to book a room. That's it. You don't know if you have any. That's okay. That's fun to talk about because it's so obvious. But anyway, the rest of this. The, the complaining stuff, like that complaining would be a pet peeve of mine. So that's, uh, that's not something I would do. I'm so extremely grateful. I've not taken one day in this warehouse for granted. I love my job. I love every day. And I think those closest to me would validate that uh, rather than refute it. So there's people that are not close to me that are going to have um, opinions but when I would, I, I think, you know, Gary Vee said that best, you know, he's, he's not worried about people's opinion of him. He's, uh, unless they're the closest people to him. And I would say, let's not necessarily use worry for that, but, um, uh, oh yeah, Gary Vee, he was talking about like people's opinion of them people. And, uh, he's, he's most concerned with the people that are closest to him and, uh, so it's like if your mom came to you and was pointing out this character flaw to you or your sister, your best friend, maybe your spouse, significant other, brother, whatever, then it's it's worth looking into. If Steer Rider Pants 47, who follows you on Instagram, has a comment about you because they've seen nine of your pictures or videos, they don't really know you. And if I've got 48 comments... And Steer Rider Pants 47 is one of them and it's negative, but the other 46 or however many are positive. Well, I better, why not pay more to one out of 48 comments are bad? Let's pay attention to the other 47. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, anyhow, and sometimes that feedback is good and valid, you know, something worth considering. Most of the time, they're just having a bad day. So. C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. I, th- I talk a lot of a lot of these principles and things that I bring up. I've like I'm I've, I've read uh, Mere Christianity. I'm in twice now, and uh, listened to it on tape and then read it and take notes the second time. But uh, I'm getting a lot of of good from it. I would I would highly suggest it. Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis or Explicit Gospel. I'm Matt Chandler. He's the pastor of the Village Church. And um, and then Matt Morton, I think it's Learning to Breathe, is in uh, Grace Bible down in College Station. That's the church I'm a member of, Grace Bible is. Matt was one of the two pastors that was there whenever I was. Uh, uh, I'm still a member there. I still tithe there, but I uh, live a little far from there now, so I don't get to go. I haven't been in years, but I, I watch online, listen online, and then I attend like a local church here. But anyhow, regardless, um, I want to say it's Psalms. You seek me. You, you'll you find me when you seek me with your whole 
heart. Um, one of the, the scriptures that's kind of been defining my walk lately, well, I've been trying to use it to define my walk lately. Just delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Is one of them. That's not the one. Oh, that's uh that's Psalm thirty-seven. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Anyhow, seek Me with your whole heart, and that's when you'll find Me. Then a C.S. Lewis quote that I found, um, there are only two kinds of people in the end, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. That's deep. It's from a book of his called The Great Divorce. It kind of describes, it talks a lot about heaven. That one, that, that quote really kind of puts you in two camps. And... Um, one of them is very scary camp to be in. It was Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good one right there. Sorry, I was. There's a few moments of silence in there because I was looking for that. So, that's what's most important to me. Um, I uh, I love being an entrepreneur. I love being a rodeo cowboy. I love being a cowboy. I love. Uh, getting to hang out with friends. There's a lot of things in life that I enjoy, but I hope at the end of the day that I've made an impact for the kingdom, and I hope that uh, um, when I meet St. Peter at the Golden Gate that the good Lord tells me, um, well done, good and faithful servant, rather than depart from me, I never knew you. Scary thought, um, but the Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, so that's what Daddy is doing. (laughs) I call myself daddy sometimes. I hope that's all right with y'all. My employees hate it, but um, it's a bad habit. I probably need to stop, especially whenever I go to these conventions with a bunch of high school kids at them. Hmm. Anyhow, buy one, get one is this weekend. Uh, You buy a cap, you get a cap. You buy a shirt, you get a shirt. You buy a hoodie, you get a shirt. DaleBrisby.com. And if if you're listening to this and it's not the weekend of May 6th and 7th, then uh, text me. The words special offer, text me 940-353-0890. And when we have little deals like this that come up, I'll let you know. I uh, will occasionally on holidays text, like mass text, like, hey, Merry Christmas, love you, fam. Um, but if you, there's a lot of texts that you get where if you'll respond to it, then I'll see your response and I'll, I'll, I'll engage so occasionally I do send a mass text. It is 1,000% me sending it, hitting send. But if, if, you, if I send a mass text and then you text me back and then I text you again, I literally like went in and I'm talking to you individually. Um, so, yeah, if you get a random text from me, text me back. Find out. And then randomly I'll just go in and text people. Like every day I will randomly text people. But I've got a lot on there, so like it's hard to respond to everybody. But you can just randomly text me any day, and I I could respond. I might respond. Like when I'm taking a poop or if I'm in a doctor's office waiting, uh, which Lord willing doesn't happen often. If I'm like on an airplane or in an airport, if there's a time where I'm like waiting and bored, the first thing I'll do is go back and text people back that have texted me within the last hour. So, um, yeah, you can hit me up. And if you, if you randomly get a response, daddy sent that, not Donnie, not Willie, but Dale Brisby sent that text 940-353-0890. So check out dalebrisby.com. If you want to support the apparel, if you want, if you want to support it and support it, um, because we've got, we got, we're kind of a family operation in here. So from start to finish, my mom does my embroidery. She, every cap, she touches every cap there. There's a couple that we get elsewhere, but 90% of my caps go through my mom's. She used to be a teacher. And um, for some of you teachers out there, you know how difficult that can be. And she just got, she taught for years. And she was like, I just really want to try something different, you know. And so I was like, well, it's hard for me to find a good cap guy. And so she got, 
um, some machines. She started with one machine and was killing it, and but she was pretty restricted, so she got another six-head embroidery machine, then another six-head embroidery machine, then a sewing machine. She puts the patches on, and then she's got like four women that work there. She's got this oversized garage that she built out. And, um, yeah, she's been doing that for like four years, and they hustle. She's been thinking about even getting like a night crew because, you know, so those machines keep running. But right now I'm her only customer, uh, thank the Lord. But, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun to do that with her. She's got <coughs> – we've got – a good team working. So my mom, she makes deliveries every day. I get to see her. And then, um, Leroy films for me. But the other, the mainly what made me say family operation was I was talking about just like the people, for instance, Lisa, my warehouse manager, um, single mom, five kids works her buns off her pet peeve, laziness. People, people that are lazy in this warehouse will not last long. She'll tell me, give him a warning, give him another warning. She'll tell me again, they're gone because she does not put up with it. Ain't no grass growing under Lisa's feet. That girl is going to outwork anybody. Single mom, five kids and been single like her most of, you know, most of their lives. Um, anyhow, great woman. Um, we got two or three, one, one girl is out. She had a kid. We got a lot of, a lot of great employees, nine interns, intern program a lot of people ask about that and um it's a it's a great way for young people or not even necessarily young people but people to come in and learn about ranching or rodeo and there's some specifics in there um for instance bareback saddle bronc bull riding bullfighting maybe a little bit of picking up um, but those are the things, and ranching, those are the things I can help help you learn. If you're looking for team roping, steer wrestling, breakaway, calf tying, you're going to have to go somewhere else. I can help you, like, learn how to ride a horse and throw a rope at a dummy. But as far as, like, out of the box kind of stuff or barrel racing, like, that ain't my cup of tea. So I can help you get started. Maybe while you're here you can learn some, learn about, you know, meet somebody. But, um, yeah, if you're wanting to learn how to ranch, if you're wanting to get the basics down, of like these rodeo events, I'm your man. It is a very selective process. Like, I mean, like it's, I mean, you've, people might have a greater chance of becoming like a Navy SEAL than becoming a Dale Brisby intern. However, the right person for the job, I will hire so fast. And that would probably be another pet peeve of mine is somebody that sends in an intern video talking about just going on and on about their needs and what they want out of it. And this would this could apply to anybody searching for something in life because at the end of the day, like, we all have needs. And I'm not trying to be insensitive here. I'm not trying to be, like, non-Christian, unchristian-like. But let me, let me just break it down for you. For instance, there's a buddy of mine down the road. His name's Bob. Bob and I have known each other since I've lived in this area for better part of a decade. I love Bob. We get, he, Bob comes to Bible study. Bob knows how to ranch. He used to ride bulls. He, um, he's got his own cows. He's got, um, he can pull a trailer. He's, he's pulled a trailer to a booth for me. Bob would work for me for less money than what I pay some of these interns. So if you're let's, all right, just know that Dale Brisby has this friend named Bob who needs a job, by the way, Bob needs a job. So if I'm looking at applicants of, people that are sending in videos. You've got to be a better candidate than Bob. Bob's always on the table. I could hire Bob. I could text Bob right now and Bob would come work for me. And I like Bob. We get along. So with that being said, um, you've got to, you've got, you've got one or two minutes tops in this video. Like why would I hire you over Bob? Now, when you get here, we're going to address your needs. You want to learn to ride bulls? You want to I'm going to I'm going to have a competition with you where I am trying to and I'm going to try to bring you more value than you bring me. And I believe I do that with all my interns. Like Donnie, he's going to probably make the NFR riding Bronx. He's uh Jordan, Willie, Carlos, Kevin, Carson, they're all riding bulls. 
I guarantee you the setup they have here where they can also work, there's not another setup like it, not one that I know of. And if there are, it's very few where you can work, take an afternoon off, still get paid, go get on bulls. Um, when you're when you do get hurt, like Carlos broke his leg the other day, your boss understands. You don't lose your job. We just adjust. There's like little things like that that um, you're not going to find that anywhere. So the point is, is like when you get here, I'm going to make sure that that value is returned. Now, if you get to where you don't want to ride bulls anymore, you don't want to ranch. Well, then all of a sudden you might be in a position where you need to go on to the next one. However, um, if you've got one or two minutes to try to convince me that I need to hire you. You better work on explaining to me why you'll be more valuable than, for instance, Bob. Working for free is an example, if you're serious about it. Like, that's why that's why it came along. Like, we're not in dire need of an extra hand. We could use one. So if you it just if you want to learn how to ride bulls that bad, well then it might be worth it to you to work for free for a month or two. You know what I'm saying? If it one day sets you on a path where you go to the NFR, was it worth it? I would imagine so. Especially if, like, you're not going to have any expenses when you're here. So um, the other thing is, like, address the needs that I need and try to fill them. Like, we need somebody to take over booths. Like, so if you can drive a trailer and you're willing to go sit at five, six, eight, ten booths a year for a week at a time and get paid, pull the trailer, work the booth, come back, and then when you're back here, we... You know, you work in the warehouse, and then you have those afternoons where we're ranching or riding bulls. If you can, if you can pull a trailer and you can convince me you're responsible enough to fill that role, well, well, now all of a sudden you're looking pretty appealing to me. You know what I mean? So, anyways, I'm not just trying to convince everybody. That I think that's a good lesson for anyone. You know, because your dream may not be to ride bulls. It might be to play a sport. It might be a different trade. Well you need to go work for somebody or be around somebody that knows that trade. Well, why would, why would Trevor Brazil let you come team rope at his house? You know, why would this master electrician let you come, you know, you could work for, because they make a lot of money. I don't, what it fill, fill in the blank, you know, a park ranger at, uh, or, a a, a ski, uh, a, a, uh, ski mountain. <laughs> a ski resort, you know, something like that. Like, well, you're going to need to put in the work and anyhow. So that would, I've, I know I've gone on and on. These are kind of some inside tracks of Dale Brisby behind the curtain of who Dale Brisby is, what, what I like and who I am. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Maybe it's, it's uh, been interesting for you. That's what we try to do. We try to be interesting. Somebody told me once for them to be interested, we have to be interesting. So if you're listening this this long, hopefully that's been the case. And hopefully you continue to watch and listen. My life advice for today would be um, yeah. Well, it's not necessarily like a revolutionary like piece of advice, but out of the chapter mere out of it's chapter 8 in the fourth book of mere Christianity. It's a short book. But chapter or 7 maybe, whatever. The chapter is called the great sin and it's it's the reason for the fall of humanity meaning like the reason the devil became the devil is because of the great sin what's the great sin pride so that's something i've been trying to analyze in my life is pride the opposite virtue of pride is humility so that's that's my it's not really life advice other than just kind of like what I've been dealing with the most lately is looking for areas in my life. Pride is competitive. So, and my old man actually never said, I'm proud of you because he said the Bible says that, you know, that pride is not good, which he was right. Well, some of, some of you out there are like, well, you tell me a parent can't even say they're proud of their kid. Well, the Bible's pretty clear that pride is not a good thing. Like, Pride begets the fall or something like that. I think what you might be saying is we might just be using different terms. You might have a lot of adoration or admiration for your kid. And so you could say, I adore this child, but the and pride, you know, alienates people and it's competitive. Um, so I would encourage you to read that chapter. C.S. Lewis does a much better job of explaining, quote unquote, the great sin. But um, I think if 
if everyone in this world had less pride and more humility, that we would uh, we would be in a much much different place. So that's me. That's where I'm at. Um, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening and watching. I love what I do. I love getting to make videos and make people laugh. I, I hope I get to continue to do it. Um, Rob Brown at the R.A. Brown Ranch asked everybody what their five-year goal was, and when he came around to me, I said, if, if I'm doing exactly what I'm doing today in five years, then I'm happy. So, um, Lord willing, I get to continue to do that. And, and, and if I do, it's because of people like you listening and paying attention to my stuff. You don't even have to buy anything. 100%, I believe that. You do not have to buy anything. That's just, I love what I, what I do. You listening and watching is enough. So, with that, pow, pow, and on to the next one. Enough enough of this emotional gangster stuff, Dale. Um, another pet peeve. People being emotional gangster all the time. On to the next one.